Welcome back to another edition of the Heart of the Hill podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Tillman. Last week, I described how I would bring on a guest to continue this conversation around social media and how we can use it to uplift people and use it for good instead of tearing others down. And without further ado, I'd like to welcome my friend, Jake Kennedy. Jake, how are you doing today? Ryan, what is up, man? I am doing well. Thank you for the invitation. It's Wednesday. It's the start of a new month, July 1. Super excited. Pumped to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, to kick things off, why don't you just give a little blurb about yourself, tell everybody who you are, uh, maybe how we know each other, and then we'll get started. Absolutely. Jake Kennedy from North Carolina, born and raised here um, outside of a year in Washington, D.C., when I did a fellowship program with the National Prayer Breakfast, which is how Ryan and I became friends um, through a high-intensive discipleship program uh, up in D.C. Went to Gardner-Webb University, uh, played college golf, was student body president. So I had a decent pedigree at the university, Um, worked a little bit in Pinehurst in the golf industry. Um, And then most recently, the two biggest updates for me, um, I've been dating a girl long distance in Portland, Oregon, and uh, she is now moving to Charlotte, North Carolina. And Charlotte, North Carolina is what I call home for the past year. I'm working as an insurance agent with Goosehead Insurance, and I'm on month two in that role. So a lot of newness in my life, um, and uh, and really thankful. And we sure do uh, miss you up here, my friend. And you know, as we as we get into this, I want to tell the people listening that the reason, or one of the biggest reasons that I asked you to join for this week in particular regarding social media is because. I would see you as someone who loves to use social media um, for a variety of different reasons on a variety of different platforms. Um, but before we kind of get into um, how, how your use of social media affects you and how you can use that positively, I'd love to start out with speaking to uh, the power that words have. I mentioned in the last episode that each word and sentence we speak or write or post on the internet has the power of life and death in it. And by that, I mean that we have the power to either build up or tear down each time we use our influence, whether with our words or with our actions or on social media. If our words have meaning, then we should use them on social media, but... (laughs) When, where, kind of where's the, the dividing line of what we should use social media for and what we shouldn't use social media for, or what's beneficial to use social media for, or what's maybe not beneficial to use it for? Absolutely, Ryan. I think uh, I agree with you when you say that words have the ability to build up and tear down. And I also agree that words are meaningful, um, whether that is the written word, the spoken word, and words that we're saying to ourselves usually is not included when we're talking about social media. Um, but there's that voice inside of our head that looks at a post or looks at something that's happening. And we're, we're simulating a conversation in our mind. And I don't know if you've done this, but oftentimes when I'm getting ready to comment on someone, I'm filtering actually what I want to say. I'm like, no, that's too mean. Or, no, that's not direct enough. Or, oh, gosh, I sound illiterate. I use the word got. And, man, I get so narrowed down 
on how my, my presentation comes across on social media that oftentimes I'll spend five to six minutes thinking of a comment and then just delete it. Um, but here recently, since I've realized that and just realized like, what is that first thought that comes to my mind? If it's positivity, if it's love, if it's encouragement, or even if it is rebuke, just presenting that in a soft way of saying like, hey, love this post, uh, exclamation mark, simple, because that's true, I love it. Or if it's something that I disagree with, you know, sending them a DM and like, hey man, I'd love to talk to you more about this. And that's something I, I have received from you doing that. Um, and I've, I've received a lot of conversation in that way. Um, and just much like we, we have a normal conversation with other people, we do the same thing. While we're listening to a conversation, we're sitting there processing a, another conversation in our mind about what we should say, what we shouldn't say. And I think to take control of the words that come out of our mouth, the first thing we have to do is dial in that inner dialogue that we're saying to ourselves and that we're filtering before we speak to others. Would you agree? Absolutely. I think you draw a good distinction of acting out of affirmation or uh, rebuke. And I love that you distinguished that when you want to disagree with somebody over social media that you said, I'll, I'll direct message them. Whereas the positive comment might go on the thread for everybody to see the, wow, yeah. the more negative one might go to the person directly because you take out everybody else from the equation. Then it becomes a one-on-one, -on -one. even though it's over screen, it still becomes a one-on-one -on -one issue rather than I'm going to include everybody else on this timeline into our little circle of drama. Exactly. And mainly I do that because I know for me, that if I have 15 comments on a post, 14 are affirming, that one that is like, man, you're prideful. Why did you post this video? That one comment is going to wreck me. Uh, much like today at work, I was on the phone probably with 20 different people, had one bad experience. I misspoke. They kind of made a condescending comment. And I felt so inferior in my next three conversations, kind of stumbled over my words and it took like me telling myself, that's one experience, one client, Jake, you're capable, you're loved, you're affirmed, almost speaking and proclaiming things that I have to believe about myself just because of someone's choice and saying a condescending comment to me. Right. And I think one of my friends also pointed out this week to me that in the online realm, maybe when you, when you put out a, a, a thought that is critical of somebody else or of a group and perhaps somebody in your timeline is a part of that group or subscribes to that way of thinking that those comments can be taken to the same effect that you just described except they would never know the effect they had on that person because it's just posted out there without any any repercussions yes yes and, and furthermore, I would say that when we, when we do take a stance and, and build up the courage to rebuke someone, we have to eliminate the just kidding or ha 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 to, to disarm that thought, right? It, to cheapen it a little bit. We, you know, hey man, um, this, is what, this is what I think you should have said. Ha ha would love to talk to you more about it. Um, 
I'm here, man. Ha ha. Like putting in those like fillers because we're afraid to, to speak boldly and confidently about something that we agree with. And so then as the, as a recipient of that message, I'm like, wait, are they being serious? Are they joking? Eh, I'm just going to disregard it. And then as, as I disregard it, the, the messenger, the sender is like, oh, he ignored it. And now all of these assumptions, man, are starting to be created. And I think that is what you mentioned in your previous podcasts about it's really hard to have a healthy disagreement via social media platforms or virtually. I would agree with you in that sense because it's really hard to eliminate assumption when you're just interpreting what the sender is trying to communicate. Um, whereas in person, you have the nonverbal cues, you can look at their eyes, you can, you can tell by their posture, how they're presenting that comment. Exactly. I think it would be great to kind of outline maybe this example um, that happened between you and me the other week, um, where I had seen you post something on social media, I didn't think it was the best, uh, the best thing to, to broadcast to some of your followers. So uh, kind of describe that for us a little bit. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, absolutely will. So the context, um, I was on, I, I've been scrolling through Facebook and I saw a, an acquaintance from high school share a, a post on Facebook. I had the uh, pride solidarity flag and the Confederate battle flag, um, mostly known as the rebel flag and said, if this offends you, well, then this offends me. And then I did a a recording on my phone of me blocking this individual. And then I posted it to my Instagram and said, my favorite activity right now. And I immediately received a lot of ha-has, a lot of laughing emojis, started feeding the ego. And then I received a a, uh, direct message from you that said, hey, um, not sure about this post. What's the intention here? Would love to chat about it. And I love you, Ryan, and I respect you and you have authority speaking to my life. So right when I saw that, it caught my attention. But I still responded defending. I knew I felt like, okay, I shouldn't have posted this. But eight people had just affirmed me in five minutes. But there's that feeling inside of me that said, eh, this doesn't feel right. So we corresponded, what, three or four messages back and forth? Right, yep, and then a phone call. And then I was like, I need, I need to talk to him. I need to get him on the phone. And so we called and we talked about it. You asked me some good questions. What was my heart behind it? What is the purpose of it? Do I think that it's going to change anyone's perspective? Am I, like, wh- and I couldn't give you a valid answer. And for me, processing that with you said, you're right, I need to delete it. Who cares about the eight people that thought it was funny? Let's think about that one, that person that you're, you know, you're highlighting in a negative way on your social media platform that I try to use as encouragement and uplifting and, and create a presence and a space through my account that is of love and inclusion. So for certain followers, if they were to look at that, does that represent Jake Kennedy as a person? Um, so I was super thankful you caught that. And, and I was also thankful for my own maturity and growth, being willing to say, you're right, Ryan, and I'll delete it. Which might be the most remarkable part of the whole thing, because that's 
it's not an easy thing to receive that that type of message, especially on a on a platform where you're you know you're looking for that kind of recognition. Um, so I also applaud you for that. And I I think it's interesting because if that scenario was replicated through maybe somebody more notable or somebody with you know more more influence on Instagram or Twitter, you would see an immediate opportunity for someone like yourself. Um, who feel strongly about that certain topic to post something out and craft it in a way to vilify that person and and belittle them maybe maybe in the name of um, inclusion of of other people who feel uh, marginalized and feel belittled by that post, but it's almost like adding more fuel to the fire, which we we think it's going to actually help another person. But in the end, it's like, I'm not actually putting water on this. Yeah, you're spot on. Um, and, and in the course of that, I was in an, I created an email chain of 30 days of reconciliation prayer, praying um, just for reconciliation of blacks and whites. I live in Charlotte. And we are still deeply segregated um, when it comes to wealth, when it comes to opportunity, when it comes to education. Uh, Charlotte ranks as of the top 20 prominent cities in America, we rank number one of individuals born into poverty, stay in the poverty. And so I've been around it. And, uh, and so having, having this prayer for my city and praying for both the, the persecuted and those persecuting. And then here I am as a human, as someone that makes mistakes, as someone that is quick to judge, doing exactly what I'm praying against and uh and so yeah it was it was um, a humbling experience and um, i hope that it encourages someone that goes to that contemplative decision of am i am i being loving to the person that i'm disagreeing with by showing that i'm including others by blocking them on facebook by me blocking them i'm saying yes to a lot of people but i'm still saying no to that one person is that inclusive? Right. And maybe, maybe the lines do have to be drawn at some point, but it's how do we communicate our message without alienating people in the process, without making enemies before we make friends? Because I mean, there, in that scenario, there's a beautiful way to maybe, you know, reach out to somebody and say, hey, I really disagree with your point, but, you know, we can still be friends. Um, or we can still respect each other. Because I'd say nine times out of 10, the person on the other side of that message probably has the same intent. Like they're, they're trying to communicate a point that they feel strongly yep, about, yep. but it's not, it's not, you know, evil or ill mannered, but it just, the, the way that we communicate, it rubs off on people. And the problem with social media is that we just don't know how it's received until it blows up. Agree. Agree, man. Well, what can we disagree on? <laughs> well, tell me you, so this obviously, you know, race relations is something that you you feel strongly about that's something that we've talked about something that um you know you obviously you've, you've led this uh 30 days of, of of prayer on the subject so tell me how would you recommend using your platform on uh instagram twitter facebook what have you um to bring light to issues without firmly drawing dividing lines criticizing um, but rather 
stimulating people to, to maybe think about change or um, bring about positivity rather than um, to divide people? Mm, that's a great question. Um, well, to start, I kind of gave you some surface level information, um, but for the viewers that don't know me, um, I'm a 24-year-old 24 white male, born and raised in um, Rowan, North Carolina. I'm six foot tall. I'm bald. I have a beard, and I work in insurance, which is a very white male dominant um, conservative industry. And so I've always loved being in positions of leadership. As I mentioned, I was sued by President Gardner-Webb, which again is a, is a white, predominantly conservative university. And so what do I have to say? Like I, I'm the ones that people are speaking to of saying, speak up, Jake, what do you have to say? And the beautiful thing about social media, and which is why I do advocate for positive use, is because there are three or four individuals I communicate with. Um, I had an experience in Kenya, and so there's two or three Kenyans that I communicate with solely on Instagram. We don't use WhatsApp. We always communicate via uh, direct messages. I've, I have a, a Spanish TA from college in Argentina, Luciana, who uh, we communicate as well via Instagram. And those two outside of America always speak to me about America and they kind of look at me as like the representation of America as a whole. So when all this is going about, immediately I receive DMs from them. What's happening? Oh my goodness, what is going on? And, and I was able to kind of speak and articulate, you know, what do, what do they mean by silence? What, and all these kind of abstract questions. Um, and then coupled with that man, like as I, as I shared my demographic, um, I love black culture and I love gospel music and my best friend, Antonio Smith, you know, he brings out a beautiful side of me that he has an ability to tap into. Um, so when all of this started happening, I just prayed and thought about like, who are, who's in my black community that I communicate with directly that I need to prioritize. And so this meant calling them more than I was sending them texts, let them know I was here for them. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Pete Hiskey, reached out and said, hey, man, what if you were just to call uh, certain people and just ask them, say, hey, I'd love to hear your experience. I'd love to hear what you're going through. Um, and so I started doing that. And I, I started seeing my perspective change. And even someone that when I was a sophomore in uh, college, I ran for sophomore class president. And uh, at the time, the SGA had no black representatives. Um, a university that's 14% African-American, um, 26 SGA members. Uh, we were not representing our student body. And at the time, the, the standard was the president appoints a vice president. And so everyone that ran for sophomore class president was a white person. And whoever came in second is usually the vice president that's appointed. Well, when I ran, I said, no, I'm appointing my best friend, Antonio. He's black and we need a black voice in SGA. Um, and so then I called Antonio when all this was going on. I'm like, hey man, what, do you, what did you think about that decision I made? What, did, what is your experience like oftentimes being the only black person in a classroom, being the only black person uh, in the SGA, being, being the only black person in a boardroom? He works for KPMG. 
and man, it's just some really liberating conversations came from that. Um, so high level, the takeaways would be, you know, do a deep search of your, your community, your diverse community. And if you only connect with them on Instagram, send them a direct message, let them know like, Hey, I am here. Keep touching, keep touching people, whether it's through Instagram, Facebook, text messages, phone calls, handwritten notes, get those words out there. We all love words of affirmation. Ryan, have you ever told someone, hey, don't affirm me right now? No, man, we love it. Um, and so that's kind of what, I, what I've taken through this whole experience. Jake Kennedy, always with the words of wisdom. Thanks for joining us today. Dude, absolutely. What a pleasure. Love and, and just speaking to this platform as well. You know, viewers might be low now, but keep pushing content, keep pushing positiveness, keep inviting people on. And, and like we talked about before we even started, if one person listens to this and says, hey, Ryan, you said something and it made me change my perspective out of a thousand viewers. I just hope that one person encourages you. Um, it would encourage me. And so we got to hold on to those, to those small, small changes um, because that's going to make the difference. So, man, proud of you. Um, I'm going to continue being a subscriber of Heart of the Hill podcast and I uh, hope to see you soon. Thank you for that endorsement. Yeah, it's really a, a place to grapple with ideas. I'm always open to having my mind changed and my perspective changed. And that's really what it's for, just to promote, hey, you have an opinion. I have a thought, let's just put them in tandem with each other and see, you know, where we can go. And the goal is to always be together, to be unified in, in how we can move forward as a country, as a society. And you have contributed to that today. Um, so I thank you, Jake. And this has been the third episode of the Heart of the Hill podcast with your host, Ryan Tillman. Be looking out next week for our continued coverage of the things that will destroy us. 